0: Sunday at 1030 Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program. If you're interested in mentoring young people, at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good, so we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. That your word will go forth. That your people gathered in your name will know you as we have been known by you. Purge us and cleanse us of all of our iniquities. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For God, you are our strength, you are our rock, and you alone have redeemed us. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our big brother, through the intercession of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. This morning, I direct your attention to the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. Listen for the word of God, Acts, the 16th chapter, beginning with verse number 22. For as long as the Spirit gives utterance, we'd like to preach from the topic, It happened. Now what? It happened. Now what? In addition, there's a text from Psalm 22 that I will read. Beginning with verse 1, Psalm 22 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our parents put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and you, were saved. In you they trusted. And we're not disappointed. It happened. Now what? God inhabits or is enthroned in the praises of God's people. And there are some times and situations in life, I believe we all can agree, when it seems like everything is topsy-turvy. There are some days when you have done all you know how to do. You have given your all and you are still running on empty. When you have done your best but your best just wasn't good enough. How how do you handle the guilt from the past when your misery becomes a tragedy? When all the things that worked on yesterday don't seem to work today? this word from the lord today is a word that is meant to help us through our nighttime experiences nighttime experiences when everything is not as clear as it is in the daytime those nighttime experiences when we might start rocking ourselves back and forth trying to make sense of what has happened to our lives those nighttime experiences when we can think about how positive we were at one point in time but now we look around and it's just not working for us anymore those nighttime experiences when We began to think about all of those whom we have had in our lives for a long period of time, but we start counting and counting and counting, and we reach that part when we begin to realize we know more dead people than we know living people. The nighttime experiences when we have to deal with disappointment, when we have to deal with others who don't seem to appreciate us for who we are, I am here to share with us that we will all have some nighttime experiences. And if you spend any time on the Internet or on watching television, you can realize that in some ways it is a nighttime experience in our country right now. I wish I could say that it's different. I wish that I could say that suddenly, magically, I had some words that were going to make everything suddenly go away. I wish I could share with you that this afternoon when we gather together for community conversation and prayer, that suddenly everybody's going to be all lovey-duggy, huggy-huggy, and we're going to go out and change the world. I wish I could say that it would happen just like that. And I'm sure that you wish I could say that too. But the reality is, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust now and tomorrow. There are going to be nighttime experiences that each one of us is going to have to deal with. The question is, it happened. Now what? It happened. Now what are we going to do? We're going to have to deal with the nighttime. And so I believe that when we look at our text today from the book of Acts, we see how Paul and Silas dealt with their nighttime experience. Here, Paul and Silas have entered into a town and they have been diligently doing the work of the Lord. Now, let me just take a little poll. Is there anybody here who believes when you do the work of the Lord that blessing should just follow? Think about it. When you do the work of the Lord, the things that God asks you to do, when you do what you're supposed to do, do you not believe at some level that things should work out? Amen, I'm glad I got one honest person in the house. Amen. Instinctively, realistically, you get, I get the feeling. Lord, you tell me to preach your word. I'll do that. Yes, I agree. You tell me. See, I got two witnesses right there, amen. He says, yes, I believe Pastor Cooper. I'm coming running because I believe that. Because you believe you reap what you sow. We we, we believe that uh, if you plant apple seeds, you're not going to grow lemon trees. So the reality is I believe and I might be Stepping, but I believe most of us believe on some level that if you do the work of God, then the great things are going to come to you. If you do the great things of God, that maybe there should be some levels of suffering that you should not have to endeavor or to experience. That there should be a reasonable expectation that doing God's will, God's way, doing God's work ought to yield to us at least some benefits. And one of those benefits might be if I'm actually actively doing your work, oh God, maybe I shouldn't go to jail for it. Maybe if I am compelled to love people and I go out to love other people and I'm doing this actively with nothing to gain from my own personal self other than doing what you asked me to do, maybe I should not end up in jail. I'm just keeping it real. Yet in our text from Acts 16, we find Paul and Silas doing just that. They have been doing the work of God, they have been sharing, they have been loving, they have just completed helping um, a girl, that they were in prayer, going to a place of prayer, and they met a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future, she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of them shouting, These men are servants of the Most High who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. And then finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. She had been been compelled by an evil spirit. Yet when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. That's the backstory that leads to Paul and Silas getting thrown in jail doesn't always seem right and when things happen in our lives that don't immediately jibe it does cause us a little bit of angst it causes us to at least pause and say well what the heck is going on here i I mean i'm in jail i'm in chains and not only I mean, first of all, before getting put in jail, they got beat up. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. They, they, they're beat and then put in jail. So their bodies, their physical bodies have been broken. They have been beaten up. They are now placed in the inner cell, not close to the door, but they're under special guard. So now they are treated as real criminals, and here they are in the inner cell, and it's midnight. So you can imagine if it was us. We might be, in the midnight hour, mad. Mad at God, mad at the jailer. Mad at ourselves? How I get myself into this mess? I could have been out doing some of anything else, but here I am in jail, and I am angry. Paul and Silas chose a path that leads us into a deeper understanding of what it means to walk with God. Because what it means to walk with God on the deepest level is to begin to understand that our relationship with God is not based on our circumstance or our situation. That the work that we have to do for the Lord is not based on being able to live out our lives in our comfort zone. That when we really commit ourselves to worshiping and serving God, we are opening ourselves up to unlimited everything. It could be unlimited pain, it could be unlimited disappointment. However, the other aspect of it is if we are, and this is cool, because I know you're saying, where's the good news in this, Pastor? Here it is. If we are exposed to unlimited pain, we will also be exposed to unlimited possibilities. When we have God in our lives and we go through, if we are going through and suffering, we also have a savior in the midst of our suffering which lets us know that what we are going through pales in comparison to where we are going to, and therefore we continue to press on toward the blessings God has for us. We cannot quit just because it happens. We are compelled by God To instead of throwing up our hands and throwing in the towel to recognize that exposure to pain also exposes us to promise. What do you mean, Pastor? What I'm saying is if you go through the pain, you can also understand you're going through the pain. Having the pain, having God does not eliminate the pain, but it opens to us the promise that I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. It says you might have to go through, but there's still some companionship on your journey. So Paul and Silas are in jail in the inner circle at midnight, and their response to their problem is praise. Now, 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 that that, that takes some radical believing there. In the midst, at midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. I, I, I can just imagine that our ancestors understood this understanding. They would be able to sing a song, nobody knows the troubles I see. Nobody knows my sorrow. Nobody knows the troubles I see. Oh, glory, hallelujah. That didn't seem to go in the same song. But that's what they said. They, they, they were able to take a song from Jeremiah, which asked the question: Is there no bomb in Gilead? That was the question. Yet instead of operating in the question, our foreparents parents said, Yes, there is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul uh, again. They... they our, our, our foreparents understood, they went through and stuff happened to them day after day after day after day. But instead of caving in, they were able to take make music from their misery. They were able to take their sorrow and turn it into joy for tomorrow. They were able to take their pain and translate it into an eternal gain. They were able to stand in the midst Of what was going on. And that I believe they were able to pull from Paul and Silas. It was right there in the book. They were singing and praying. Praying and singing. Mm, mm, mm. What do we do when our vitality has been violated when our life becomes listless when our drive becomes drab all because we want to try to avoid the Nighttime. I am sharing with us. We can't avoid the nighttime, but what you're gonna do about it It happens You cannot unlive anything that has ever happened in your life. I wish you could I wish that your uncle your 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 father whoever it might have been that might have violated your sense of trust that might have happened i wish that it didn't happen but you can't unlive it what will you do now I i wish that sandra bland wasn't dead i wish that 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 philando castillo wasn't dead i wish that the five officers were not killed. I wish that the three officers last Sunday were not killed. I wish that they had left us on the African shores. And But I wish that those who have done evil, And then the things that I believe are inconsistent with what I believe the love of God would have humanity to experience and to express itself. I wish those things did not happen, but they did. And me wishing it won't make it go away. You wishing it won't make it go away. Closing our eyes to it won't make it go away. Acting like la, 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 la in everything, you know, Pollyanna is not going to make it go away. How will we respond? My thought is one of the things to do, one of the ways to handle it is to just stand. To stand. Stand I use as an acronym. Say thanks and never doubt. Say thanks and never doubt stand. Say thanks and never doubt. What does it stand for? Say thanks and never doubt. One more time. Say thanks and never doubt. Stand. In other words, pray and praise your way through to your breakthrough. It, it, to just, I am going to stand no matter what the enemy throws at me, no matter all the things that the enemy might try to make me believe and second-guess God and second-guess my relationship, second-guess my walk, I refuse to let the enemy take control of my life because I know my Redeemer is alive. Praise is an expression of faith and a declaration of victory. It declares that we still believe God is with us and is in control of our outcome and all circumstances. Paul and Silas were in jail in shackles, but they were not shackled. Their bodies were in jail, but their minds and their souls and their spirits were free. Imagine how many people are living right now chained to bad thoughts and negative behaviors, but walking the earth as free as they could be. Imagine how many of us at times have allowed ourselves to be locked in rooms filled with open doors because we don't think we can do it, because we don't believe we can get through it, because we say this is the worst thing that could happen. If this thing happens, I know I couldn't stand that. I encourage each one of us, as I did at the beginning of the year, to take control of the words that we use to describe our situations. Because when you speak faith, then faith begins to produce faith, which begins to produce faith. But when you speak faith, Fear, then that is what begins to control you. And I share with us, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God is not making you scared. God is not asking you to be scared of any white man or any black man. And the reality is some of us are. Don't we Don't we? We don't need to play with the reality. You know, like I know, if we walk up against a group of young African-American men, who seem to be sagging. Your initial thought is not. Hey my brothers what's happening. Let me hug you up. There is an instinct. Within us. About us. To look and say wait a minute. Let me assess this situation. Are we gonna, Am I going to survive this one? So we don't need to make believe that everything the police does do are just bizarre to us because you, we are that way with us. The challenge that we have is to work through our own issues as well. It's to begin to understand that God did not make you that way. God is not at the core of allowing us to be afraid of our young men and our young women just because they don't care about us. And the reason they may not care about us is because we have never really reached past our initial instinct to reach to them, into their lives, because we were afraid. But guess what? If we remain afraid, who's gonna love them to life? It's, it's a reality. I've done the nighttime watches, going through gangs. I mean, Sreeport has, they may have some gang bangers, but nothing quite like Five-Nine Brim Nothing quite like Bloods and 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 Crips and some of the gangs that we dealt with when I was in San Diego. It's not that they're not bad, because any fool with a gun is dangerous. And I am surely not saying don't assess your situation. I'm sure Paul and Silas understood when they were going into another town and they were were doing what they were doing that they were working counterproductively to what their society wanted them to do. I'm pretty sure that Jesus understood doing the things that he was doing and saying the things he was saying just might get him killed. Uh, Got him killed, exactly what happened. It's reality that when you begin to do the right thing, sometimes it's going to cost you your life. But are you willing to die? And the reality or the sense is until we're willing to die, we are never truly alive. Are you truly alive if you have not found the thing worth dying for? Can you be free if you live in fear? That's something to contemplate maybe. Paul and Silas are free even though they are in chains. Because they realize that you can chain my body. You can put my body in chains. You can put my body in the ground, but my soul, that's what's, going to last. that's what's going to live and that's what's going to last. God, I'm going to walk with you no matter what. I'm going to praise you no matter what. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing. And then some things start happening because when you remain faithful to God, It might not happen in the time that you think it's going to happen. It might not happen the way you think it should happen. But all there's some suddenlies in your life, and I believe there's some witnesses here today who had some suddenly moments, some suddenly moments when you said, well, Lord, I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm just going to keep on believing. And then suddenly something happens, suddenly you get that phone call that says, hey, mama, Uh, And you've been saying, I've been wanting to hear from this kid of mine for a long time. And he comes and then says, suddenly, I just want to thank you, Mom, for just putting up with me. I know I had some rough days there. I know it wasn't always easy, but I just wanted to let you know I love you. Suddenly. Suddenly, things start to happen. Suddenly, all of the that you have been working for start coming together. Suddenly you have a sense of spirit that says, I can go on suddenly. You begin to understand the earth starts to quake. And that's what happened. The earth started to quake. When prayer, when Paul and Silas started to pray, there was an earthquake. And I'm saying when you praise through to your breakthrough, there will be some earthquake. I'm saying that God will start breaking some shackles and chains around you to get you through what you're going through so you can get to where you are going to. If it is that you are seeking the promised land, understand my sisters and my brothers, you cannot get to the promised land without going through the wilderness. The way to the promised land is through the wilderness. The way to the places that God has for you is through your prayer and through your praise. I'm saying stand, say thank you, and never doubt. Because no matter what, if you are still alive, you still got something that God has given you. It is life. And understand that your life is not measured by your body and your breathing. It is only when we reduce our life to our body and our breathing that we walk and live in fear. You've been listening to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We're living in victory every day, believing in God. Thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. Join us for worship every Sunday at 2840 Hollywood Avenue in Shreveport, Louisiana. Again, Bible studies at 630 on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at noon. If you're in need of prayer, do not hesitate to call 619-368-8088, 619 368 Eight zero eight eight, where we are praying and living and loving and building the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. This is KAYT Gina. Alexandria, this is Gospel Radio at its very best, 88.1, KAYT, praising the Lord.